You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. As we begin the last chapter of the Mishnah Shabbat, I just want to remind us about a pasuk that we learned halfway through the Masechet about dealing with animals. It's um, it's from Shemot. Sheshet yamim masecha. Six days you shall do your work. Uvayom hashvi'iti shpot, and on the seventh day you rest. Lema'an yanuach shorcha In order that your ox and your donkey shall rest. Ve'inafesh benamatcha ve'hager. And that your the son of your slave and the stranger should rest too. Somehow we're responsible, as well as for our own rest on Shabbat, for the rest of our animals and our servants. And the Mishnah then begins in the 24th chapter. Someone who's on the road when it became dark. We're using the same expression, Hechshich, that we used when we referred to someone hanging around until it got dark at the end of Shabbat in order to do a performer mitzvah as soon as Shabbat went out. Someone who was on the road when it became dark. But now this is when Shabbat is coming in. So he's on the road, he's away from civilization, from a town. He's got all his stuff with him. Shabbat is coming in. We began the Masachet by talking about carrying and the problems of carrying on Shabbat. And now we're going to end it with this question, how is he going to avoid carrying his stuff on Shabbat as Shabbat is coming in, getting dark and he's on the road? And the Mishnah says, Notenki sola nochri. He gives his purse to a non-Jew. If there's non, if there's no non-Jew with him, he puts it on a donkey. We're not going to make our donkey work on Shabbat, so we prefer, in principle, to give the purse to a non-Jew than to a donkey. But if we need to do that, the commentators explain we will give the purse to the donkey. We'll put it on a donkey before Shabbat comes in. So at least we're not actually commencing the work of the donkey as Shabbat comes in. And the Rambam explains there that we permit someone to give his purse to a non-Jew because people are anxious about money. It's absolutely impossible to imagine. E.F. Shah, Sheri's rock, it's impossible that he'll throw his purse away. The Lulezot, Ahatra, without this permission, he would actually carry it himself. So in order to make sure that he doesn't carry it himself, we permit him to give it to a non-Jew or to place it on the donkey. And then when he gets to town, he get, reaches the outermost courtyard, and this is where he's his destination. No tailor to Kalim Hanitalimba Shabbat, he removes the objects which may be handled on Shabbat. So we're going to come back to questions of Muktsa 
which we've been developing over the last few chapters. For stuff which is Muktzer on Shabbat, Matirid Chavalim Behasakin Noflin Me'alehem. He just unties the cords and the sacks fall off of their own accord. He just unties the cords and all the sacks fall off the donkey. What if they're valuable? So we're going to go back to the to the Rambam. This time, in fact, not on the commentary on the Mishnah, but in the Mishnah Torah. Maybe the sacks are large and they contain glass utensils and the like. Stuff that's delicate. We can't just throw that on the ground. He unloads the sacks gently. So in other words, we do allow him to handle these objects. And then he goes on. In any case, he shouldn't leave them on the back of an animal because of the pain to the animal. So we are concerned with keeping Shabbat, but somehow the question of pain to an animal supersedes the question of a human keeping Shabbat. And this will be outlined in the next two Mishnayot, which together form the first part of the last chapter of Shabbat. We're going to untie bundles of sheaves in front of cattle to feed the cattle, because they can't eat otherwise, even though these sheaves may be milked on Shabbat, or it may be work to untie them on Shabbat. And we're going to separate the bundles called Kefin. Kefin seem to be bundles which are tied up tightly with three knots and the animals just cannot get at the food unless we've untied the three knots. But not small ones. The zerin are a different kind of bundle. Jastro seems to only describe them in antithesis to the ones which are tied up with three knots. But it seems as if the animals can get at these without untying, so we don't need to untie them. And again, along the same lines, We don't chop up unripe grain or carrots before cattle. We don't need to do this so they can eat. Whether, well, literally small or fat. The Gemara talks about thin cattle, small cattle to refer to goats or sheep. And gasa, thick cattle, fat cattle to refer to cows and oxen. Doesn't make any difference. We don't chop up this stuff before them. Although Rabbi Yudah disagrees, the halacha is not going to go according to Rabbi Yudah, as we know. But Rabbi Yudah, Matir, Bacharovin, Ladaka. Rabbi Yudah permits it in the case of carobs for Bahemadaka, for goats and sheep, for thin cattle. Clearly, he thinks that they can't eat these. If they're not chopped, what if we need to feed, or we are tempted to feed animals for our own benefit rather than for their benefit? And the Mishnah is very clear here: Ain of sin et camel. We don't stuff a camel on Shabbat. They used to stuff camels, stuff food down camels' mouths, in order to get them ready for a long trip out to the desert. So camels 
can carry, camels can go a long way without food, but we need to feed them up. So they used to stuff camels before, before these long journeys, and they used to cram them. This is the Lord or sin. We don't stuff a camel and we don't cram it. These are two different words for stuffing food into, into camels. Aval, mal, itin. But we do put it into this, put it into the mouth. We do, we, we put the food in its mouth. Mal, itin is the same word that um, Esau uses when he's asking, um, Esau asks Yaakov for the soup. He says, Hal iteni na, mina adom hadom haze. Hal iteni means to basically pour food into someone's mouth. So we do put food into its mouth. Vein mamrim et agalim. We don't force feed calves. Interesting, they used to do that in the time of the Mishnah. We don't do that on Shabbat. Aval mal itin, using the same word. We do put food in their mouth. And we scatter food for chickens, and we put water into coarse brown to make it a, a edible, but we don't need it. Lot goblin. And there are certain things that we don't need to do at all on Shabbat. The ain not in mind if We don't put water in front of bees. Bees can generally find their own water even on Shabbat. A fly. We don't put the water in front of doves either. Same principle, they can find their own stuff on Shabbat. Aval. Not nimifne avazim vitarag olin velifne yone hae velifne yone hardusiot. But we do put water in front of geese and chickens and Herodian doves, and these seem to be domesticated animals that can't find water on their own. And we do take care of domesticated animals on Shabbat. And going back to the principle of um, that the Rambam announced, which is an incredibly important principle running through many different halachot. Mishum tsar balei chayim, because of the pain to the animal. And the um, Talmud says, Sadiq yodea nefesh baham toad. Sadiq knows how his animal feels. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.